We did it. Yay, it's technology. All right, Uh, that that was great, guys. We can go home now. So, (laughs) Uh, you you having some name trouble there, Ben? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I guess the first time I logged into Zoom, I was like scrambling to get into a meeting. Oh, so you just typed that in as my like default name. (laughs) And it's been my name ever since. I mean, it gives you the option to change it every time, but. I mean, this is who I am now. Yeah. <laughs> and can't go changing horses mid-race. Yeah. Where the race is your life and the horse is your name. Oh my God, you guys both look great. That's not what this is about, but it's a happy note. <laughs> yeah, can we have some good uh, visual gags? I feel yeah, like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We encourage yeah. Uh, two things on this podcast. One is drug use, <laughs> and the other one is visual gags. Uh, Sweet. So, do you find that most people you uh, have on the podcast and talk to in the real world like know what a phone is? Know what a phone is? Yeah, is that, that, like is that what you just asked me? <laughs> yes. Cool, cool. Good. I mean, one of them didn't, but <laughs> that that was its own. Okay, well, now that we're all laughing, welcome to Fem Fem Pals, episode 17. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Alex, and we have another host here. I'm Ben. <laughs> ben is the best. He's the brains behind the whole operation. And today we have not one, but two guests for you that we've known for a very long time. Please welcome to the show, Kenneth and George. Woo! Hey. Oh, you responded in the opposite order that I named We did. You. We got to... Now people think that you're George. We are one. <laughs> Kenneth has a... You have a psychology degree, is that correct? Uh, bachelor's. So okay. not really. <laughs> well... <laughs> okay, so you have a psychology degree in the same way that I have an engineering degree. Yeah. Which is to say you have a psychology degree. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, and um, and George, you have an engineering degree. You're working on uh, yeah, also a bachelor's, doing engineering consulting, uh, mostly in specialty coffee, which is another thing I think most people are familiar with. And what does that entail? Is that like building the actual machines or programming things, or what? What exactly do you do with it? Our biggest client makes uh, commercial espresso machines. So you know, you go into your local independent coffee shop. Um, and the big machine that they make the espresso on is what we work on. Um, and we, we design the circuit boards and write the software that goes into them. So we don't, we don't build them, but the, the stuff that makes it go is what we do. And you guys are both up in uh, Seattle? We are. Yep. Smoky, smoky Seattle. Oh, yeah. How is that? How's that going? Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> Nature went and turned the Blade Runner filter on. Like, we've been in stay-at-home mode for a while here. We've been trying to be pretty careful. But this is like the the first time in this experience where it's actually like, oh no, you just really, really, you shouldn't go outside. Don't go and <laughs> breathe that air. Uh, and like being actually stuck inside, not being able to go out like for a walk is weird. No, we, we usually have some fires in Washington, particularly Eastern. Yeah, 2017 um, was our last big smoke event and that was actually coming yeah. up in Canada. Yeah, we had ash I wanna be the very best. falling from the sky then. Ash, blood, frogs, you know, we got it all. Plague, whatever. NBD. It's just 2020, folks. I know that huge protests are still going on. Probably the epicenter of all protests in the country is still probably uh, Portland. But mm. is Seattle still seeing 
large organizations, large uprisings, or has the smoke kind of put a kibosh on that for now? Yeah, I, I haven't really been keeping up. There, there definitely have that. been protests. Like, I don't think they've really stopped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to, to begin with the whole thing with the, the Chaz Autonomous Zone, whatever they ended up deciding to call it, uh, was way overblown. People were hurt. Obviously, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. But like, it, it wasn't like an anarchic uprising in Seattle. It was like a couple blocks of Capitol Hill were actually pretty normal, except police weren't there. Sounds pretty cool to me. <laughs> I feel like if you did get a, a photo of like protesters and police with that sky, though, that would be like peak dystopia, you know? Right. Uh, what's your kind of history of anime? Have either of you, uh, I guess I'll ask Kenneth Firth, have, have you watched Ava before? Um, are there any series you like besides Ava that you would recommend to people or were formative for you? Uh, I think the only time I watched Ava through is back in like middle school, high school. So that's like a decade and a half. <laughs> that's basically a lifetime ago. Yeah. My taste in anime has always been, I guess, a little offbeat from other people. Like I never got into Naruto, Trigon. I, I think I tended to lean more toward the ponderous, thought-provoking type. Um, Haibane Renmei is one I enjoyed just kind of the way the, the characters find themselves in a situation where they don't well they kind of adapt to a new environment and just try and make daily life happen it's the anime of our times yeah that might be worth a new one too you watch too <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly kino's journey but specifically the old one which i think was 2004 how do you spell that kino k-i-n-o kino's journey uh kino no tabi Which is, again, sort of thought experiment short stories uh, and sort of reflecting on various parts of the human condition. Is that the one where they go to all these like weird towns? Yeah. Yeah. Kino is sort of a uh, neutral traveler visiting countries, which countries use very vaguely because it's separate, like planet every time, basically. Mm. And basically just observing and sort of judgmentally, sort of non judgmentally thinking about what they see and musing over it. Okay, cool. And uh, uh, George, did you watch uh, Ava before? Are you visiting it for the first time? Or, uh, do you have any animes that were formative to you? I've seen Ava. I don't remember when. Uh, <laughs> like, it was in the same, same time frame. Might have been elementary school. I don't remember who it was with. So uh, at some point, I did see it. It's been a long time. But I was, I was less into anime than Kenneth was, for sure. But for me, a couple of the formative ones were probably... Uh, probably DBZ was the biggest one. Uh, me and my brother used to, it, it was on the TV a lot when we would sneak TV while our parents were out of the house because we weren't allowed to watch it on school nights. still remember waiting eternally through the Frieza saga. Oh, yeah. Disaster. And I remember Trigun was also a big one. Uh, Eric Waddell, another one of our old friends, was super into it and he got me into it. But aside from that, I don't, like there were other ones, but I don't really remember. George and I were in a Japanese class back in the day. Yeah. Where he was George Harris-san, which always amused me. Like the Beatle, you know? I, I've always enjoyed that because I always get that from people when I introduce myself. Uh, but the part I really like about it is my brother's name is William Henry. So if we were the Harrisons, I'd be a Beatle and he'd be a president. And that'd be... <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, Japanese was good times. That was one of my favorite parts of high school. Yeah. 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 Fujita Sensei. Yeah. Was, was you kept up with it at all? No. How about you? Um, I, I lost it all and then I kind of like went back and tried to relearn it, but it's hard. Nice. Yeah. Language does that. I hear it's easier when you're younger something. Yeah. The the phrases there are certain critical periods where the uh, a kid's brain is just much more readily able to absorb this kind of knowledge. Yeah, uh, uh, high states of uh, neuroplasticity uh, when you all the way up to seven, and then again at like puberty, uh, which is a recurring theme in this. <laughs> yeah, you know, learning a language really like piloting in Ava. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So we're gonna. Way to like unlock a neuroplasticity bonus round. Yeah, yeah Al- Alzheimer's. I could go for, oh, wait. <laughs> 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 Shit. <laughs> Experiments in neuroplasticity is the new name of this podcast. <laughs> so I, I got to ask, and maybe you're just going to do this anyway, uh, before we watch the episode. Can, can you give us some context? Mm, I believe in letting our guests make their own choices on what level of awareness they want to come into the episode with and we can like talk through it too when we're like discussing the episode maybe okay um so ben do you have a pen pen pals podcast recommendation for this week i did listen to a couple episodes of in the dark which is a kind of like a true crime podcast but very much kind of journalistic npr style um, it's American public media, I guess, not technically NPR, but but very public radio. Been hearing really good things about about this season. I think it's it's a pretty crazy story. This guy Curtis Flowers um, was accused of a murder. He's had like seven different trials for it. So basically, he's never been fully acquitted. He's been found guilty and appealed it. There's like no evidence. And the district attorney there just like keeps on trying him over and over again. It's a weird story. So that's the PP uh, Pals podcast update. PP Pals Pod podcast update. Uh, what about the PP Pals Peapod update? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Nothing. There's no update. Nothing. I haven't been able to eat anything off of the garden this week. Uh, I did not plant those peas like I promised. Well, wrap it up, everyone. Show's <laughs> over. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a, a crazy week on my end, kind of. So uh, hopefully there'll be a better update next week. But we need that sound cue. What's all this crazy stuff going on? Getting in the way of the gardening. Oh, you know my job that I have to make a little bit of money at to stay alive. I ended up taking another shift, which is a 50% increase in uh, uh, work that I'm doing each week for them. So, you know, I'm only working three days a week, which is great. But if I could not work those three days there, no, that's not true. I do like working, but I did like the level of time I had to devote to this and reviewing other stuff like Gundam, going through Gundam right now. Oh, that was another big anime. How did I forget about Gundam? My God. Dude, it's awesome. You should really check it out, especially uh, Origins. I went through that, and now I'm watching the original series, but the movie version, which is like three movies of it, and 
It's always been this staunchly anti-war thing, and it's really, really awesome, actually. And the mech designs, although we love them, are not the point. Well, you know. <laughs> Teach each his own. I, I don't remember what, what Gundam series I watched, but that was definitely a big one. Last time on the Salvador Dali Power Hour, Shinji tried a new base in the broth, and a first place finish in the harmonics test turned him into an immediate dickhead. Feisty redhead Lady Asuka continued to complain her way into Ray's good graces. The Angel of the Night, Lalael, proved shadier than Gendo and brought Shinji to a new place of darkness and understanding. Nerve filled their blood quota with a supply gen guaranteed to last until doomsday. Major Masato went through a lot, crying tears of relief at the harrowing return of Shinji to safety. Secret Science Lady Ritsuko discussed long-term plans with Gendo. Rei continued moonlighting as a private nurse, and Pen Pen kept a low profile. Will Asuka respect Shinji's efforts? Does Rei dream of electric angels? Let's find out. All right, and then this time on, the fourth to be qualified, Nerve 02 in Nevada vanishes, along with Eva Unit 04. With Unit 03 on the way, Gendo orders Ritsuko to assign a pilot to it. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Also, Alex, you said something about a blood quota? Yeah. Last episode, an angel in the shape of a sphere exploded and it showered the entire city in blood, <laughs> which I figured was a lifetime supply. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably right. <laughs> Okay, cool. And and as it says in the outline, you may sing along with the intro if if the tune recognizes itself to you. Or do you want that up next to it? No, that's fine. Full screen's fine. <laughs> Well, that's our music intros, that clip of you two saying <laughs> Perfect. So I guess we start off with uh, Misato getting kind of grilled. Um, so we just see like her silhouette and we hear these voices interrogating her. And I guess they wanted to, wanted to talk to Shinji directly, but she feels like that's, that's a bad idea. Um, and these questions, it kind of suggests that maybe the angels were interested in probing the human mind. They also say something about trying to, the angel trying to assimilate an Eva. Do you know what that's about? Uh, I think that's a guess on their part. And I think that it is a, a nod, a, a foreshadowing. Probably something will happen with integration later. So uh, I don't know if this is information that like as the viewer you're privy to yet at this point in the mm. series. But if it is information that we're supposed to have, uh, where do the Avis come from? I don't seem to, I don't remember their origins, but that they are man-made, but clearly they don't fully understand them. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> there, was, there was a point they were talking, I think about the dummy plug, where they're trying to sort of fool into thinking there's a pilot there. And from that, I, I strongly get the impression that they're sort of groping around and trying to figure out what's going yeah. on with these things. So, so I think in the last episode, they both kind of revealed to us. So I think Ritsuko, the, the scientist woman, said something like, what monsters did we choose to copy to make the Avas or something like that? But then immediately afterwards, Misato's like, I know you didn't just copy them. 
I know something more <laughs> is going on. So I think we have the idea that, you know, the Avas are tied to the angels, but, it, you know, exactly how is still unclear. Yeah. Does that sound right, Alex? Oh, no, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. And that's not spoilery. So that's a great explanation. But that, that also fits your, your idea of foreshadowing uh, with the integration and the angel trying to assimilate it. And like, they didn't do it in the episode, but you saw there was a synchronization test. They talked mm-hmm. about using the dummy plug. Well, like that's a form of integration, right? You're integrating the pilot's uh, brain and body into the Ava in right. order to make it run. And we don't know technically if an Ava can run without a pilot. We assume that they cannot, but they can run with an incapacitated pilot. So like there doesn't have to be someone in charge for these things to work. And obviously, well, I guess not obviously from this episode, but we know at this point, they're not robots at all. Like they have armor put onto them and they have all these uh, electronic things that they've done to these things, but it is an organism. Just like an an angel and a human are different organisms, an Ava is something that's been grown. Creepy. Yeah, very creepy. (laughs) (laughs) I'd also, uh, sort of an unrelated thought, but something that struck me during the episode, I'd I'd forgotten how visually striking the show is. Like there's there's particularly the shot when they go into uh, Ray's apartment, where they show mm-hmm. like the top of her mini fridge. And it's just like a thing of water and some prescriptions, but they just like settle on that for a few seconds. It's cool. It's well done. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I got a new appreciation for the, uh, the art direction of this. Yeah. Have, having watched it again. It's funny when I was younger, uh, maybe you had a similar experience. I couldn't wait to get to the robot fights. Oh and yeah. Now, no question. Now, yeah, like a shot of Ray's uh, refrigerator I think oh my gosh what are those pills right why is that one glass already filled with water Did why are we it there why yeah. are we looking at this for three seconds yep <laughs> uh, so Masato she uh, gets grilled but ultimately they let her go there's no disciplinary action or anything she wasn't like fought, found at <clears throat> fault that Shinji was, uh, or that Ava-01 was uh, swallowed by this angel. That, that's the one where it was sort of a, a wavy sphere and mm-hmm. like the, the thing that the people were actually seeing was the, yeah. I, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the wavy sphere is its shadow, right? The yes. shadow that it casts into this dimension. And uh, it's like a, everything about it is inverted. It has an inverted AT field. The shadow is inverted. Yeah. Take that, Euclid. <laughs> <laughs> Can't tell us what to do. Uh, but they let her go. One, one last thing on that part. is I, I thought it was funny that they concluded uh, she, she challenges them on something. Like, we asked the questions here. And then they say, like, no more questions. You're free to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we asked the questions. Bye. Cool. Thanks for being a dick. Good power play. And then we move into uh, a simple uh, looped shot of uh, Suzuhara walking down the hallway of a hospital and we get this voiceover from two nurses it's funny we get to see these two perspectives of toji like and how you know no one is monolithic he is devoted to going to see his sister who has i don't know some sort of injury or some sort of illness so she's always in the hospital but we also see him really disrespect the class rep really play into these stupid masculine stereotypes i think they do the same thing with kaji Mm. later on 
Like he's obviously just a fucking creeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then him with Shinji in the garden, like that's the things he says about caring and kindness and how that's important. And, you know, I don't remember his exact words, but talking mm. about vulnerability and those aren't necessarily, at least for me, what I would expect to hear from somebody who we just saw sexually assault a coworker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't think about it from the perspective that you just described, but that's interesting because they're definitely doing it more than once. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I have more to say on this, Bill. Wait until we actually get to that scene in the timeline. Yeah. You're so disciplined, Kenneth. <laughs> uh, I, I was just going to say, so yeah, I think Toji's sister from the early episode, she was injured um, in one of these Ava Angel battles. Ah. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's part of why okay. he originally beats up Shinji in the, the early episode because he thinks Shinji was piloting it. I think it was a Ray. Oh no, maybe it was when Shinji's Eva went berserk. Mm. Yeah, and then he got Toji got gets a first hand look at what piloting in Eva is, and he he reevaluates. Yeah. He's like, oh okay, you know what, Shinji, I don't blame you. This is really crazy. Yeah. Glad you're here to protect us. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he apologizes after a bunch of prodding from Kensuke and stuff like that. Takes a little bit, um, mm. but like yeah, you're saying, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say that's that's useful context. Um, yeah. I I'd forgotten that piece of context, and like clearly, all oh, this episode is him grappling with the idea of becoming a pilot. Yeah, I think the lesson in all of this podcasting is that this is worth rewatching as a show. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I've I've been convinced in the last ten minutes that I should rewatch it just from this discussion. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, One more thing before we move on. Uh, ben mentioned that this was a, uh, or was it you who said there was a, uh, a looping shot of Toji mm-hmm. walking through the hallway? Um, this episode has a lot of those like uh, money saving animations. Yeah. Yes. In fact, there isn't even any combat in it. Mm-hmm. It definitely seems like a bottle episode in that they're shuffling pieces around and also saving money for something bigger later. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's the the way they pull it off is quite astounding, and I'm sure they were working horrible hours under terrible conditions to get this all done. Anime industry had a reputation at the time. Maybe it still does. <laughs> I think it still does. I mean, yeah. there's more independent uh, uh, producers, so that's gotta help. So we also we move on to Gendo walking with Ray, and Ray always follows <laughs> five paces behind Gendo. You know like traditional society says you should. <laughs> I wanted to ask, does anybody have a preference between moving walkways and regular hallways? I'm a big fan of walking myself, but I, I feel like the future is going to give us moving walkways. I'm a big fan of walking, but like <laughs> when you're in one of those like really long connecting hallways in an airport and there's mm. just a the moving walkway, walking on them is so much fun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Double speed, zoom! <laughs> it just feels so cool to be like tearing past everybody else, not on it, but you know. Oh, okay. So it's like a a relative thing. Like it's really cool and fun, but only if there are other people not on one. <laughs> it, it's certainly more fun that way. Okay. Then, then you walk at normal speed and you feel like the flash. <laughs> uh, Ray's just very, oh my gosh, Ray. I love Ray. I hate Gendo. Uh, I, I had she's a question so... about, about Gendo, um, and like I wasn't paying super close attention until later in the episode. Do you ever see his eyes? Mm, very infrequently. Okay, cool. That's all I got there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of plays into his character. He's very guarded yeah. and yeah, 
the cliche phrase, eyes of the window of the soul, he's shut off. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why I was asking. Oh. oh. How has that not come up yet? You're brilliant. So that's why you can't see Gendo's eyes. The angel was inside him all along. <laughs> Uh, we moved to the classroom. This episode, more than any other so far, really seems like the last line of a scene cues into the next, the uh, first line of the next scene really well. Because mm-hmm. Ray is talking about going to school. She says, in the next day, I'll go to school. And then yeah. when it cuts to the next scene, it's they're cool. in school and they're talking about Ray being absent, right? Also, oh, yeah. Ben, speaking of Japanese class, just hearing the kiddies assume the position. So what? Uh, Kirits, it's like stand I don't remember up. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, okay. Fujita right. Sensei, whenever every t- every class, like he'd walk into the room, say Kirits, we'd all have to get up, mm. do the do the greeting thing, and then we get on with class. Uh, but I remember Swate Kudasai. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I totally forgot about it as well, but hearing it in the episode, I was like, whoa. They they make a point of Kensuke being absent, which I don't really get. I don't know if it's just so he can like ask the questions later in the episode. Yeah, uh, I recall uh, from my old memories that he's a really big like military technology fan. Maybe he has mm-hmm. some kind of connection. Um, but he, uh, one of the characters says he went yeah. to see a battleship, um, which based on context seems more like they're, mm. I thought mm. they were transporting the Ava on the battleship. That doesn't make sense. Mm. Oh, that would have been cool. They did that before with Ava O2. Yeah. And it is funny that uh, traditional warfare, traditional like vehicles and weaponry are of no use, but Kensuke is still fascinated by them. Like it has not <laughs> killed his love for modern and vintage uh, uh, military gear. Yeah. Even yeah, though it's... he's seen Ava's in action, you'd figure once you do the heroin of an Ava fight, you can never go back to the <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of the same allure of any like old vintage technology. It's like this was more like connected to the to the subject. Yeah. Because mm, we had to do more. That makes sense. Yeah. Same thing. I hear it a lot with uh, drivers, people who are uh, driving enthusiasts, really like stick shift because it's, mm. it's a more engaging experience. Yeah, for sure. Uh, versus uh, uh, automatic transmissions, which yeah. Are very dominant. What's going on? Are very dominant in the U.S. too. Are they not around the world? Are there more no. shifts around the world? There are more. Uh, so for work, I travel a fair amount. Uh, not uh-huh. these days, obviously, but historically, uh, our biggest clients in Italy, so we go there fairly often. Um, and like you, when you rent a car there, you have to pay extra to get automatic. What? And they'll have like two automatics on hand in their entire fleet of cars. Oh wow! Yeah, it's crazy. I just feel like such a dumb American. (laughs) (laughs) But we we can text while we drive, you know? (laughs) Yeah, take that. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't cause any problems. Uh, (laughs) Uh, So I was going to say off of your, uh, I think, Ben, it was your comment about the lines. Is that right? Uh, lines, lines in the episode, last line of a scene leading into the next. Oh, oh uh, um, Alex's, I think. Yeah. Keep getting credited for Alex's observation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're brilliant, Ben. They know you're the brains. <laughs> uh, that that just reminds me. Uh, do you, uh, you guys watched Archer? Oh, is that what you want? Yep. 
because that's how you get ants. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, there's there's one episode in particular that does that really well. Uh, he's on his cancer fueled rampage. Rampage. And like yeah. a similar thing there where. Uh, and maybe even more, where like by the time you get to the last line of a scene, you're already in the next scene. You just don't know it yet. And then the camera like pans up. And you're like, oh, okay, we're here now. <laughs> yeah, they do a thing in Archer a lot where it'll be a sentence, and then the last word of the sentence will be the first word of the next character's yeah. sentence, and they like cut yeah. so that like kind of the new character finishes the old character's sentence. I don't yeah. know if there's like a name for that kind of joke i'm sure uh, there is yeah. almost certainly i'm not a i'm not a film yeah. buff, but yeah. it, it also seems like a great way to just uh maintain the pacings like right otherwise you're lingering on a shot of nobody talking and yeah like, a still frame as you get everything out of shot it is it is an interesting technique it's almost like an improv game maybe yeah and that, that's is that something they do regularly in eva or they're quite good at at the scenes bleeding into each other well. I was wondering if it was a technique they were specifically trying to use to kind of it said, it's a good way to maintain momentum. They were trying to specifically use it in this sort of bottle, slightly more filler money saving episode to keep it moving. Oh, that's really but smart. If they I use thought it about that. more generally then maybe not, I don't know. Well, I think I haven't commented on it before. So I'm sure this episode has more sure. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially since it's really dialogue driven. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Anno's just such a modern... He seems to always want to embrace the most modern techniques, the most modern way to tell a story. Uh, and if you look at this as opposed to earlier anime, and then you look at, like, Shingo Jira versus this, like, holy crap, it's even another step up where the scenes really bleed into each other, and it's so fast that you have multiple scenes going on top of each other. But to a degree that you don't feel like you're being taken out of anything. When you return to the scene, you're like, oh yeah, of course, this is what's happening. These things are all happening simultaneously. Yeah, I'm sure that's incredibly difficult to pull off. Mm. So Toji is uh, supposed to be on duty in the class. I don't know exactly what that entailed. I assume it's a rotating position in a Japanese classroom that you have extra responsibilities, like delivering homework to the absent kids. Or uh, again, I jump ahead a little bit, but incinerating things. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a that's a thing. I, would, I have questions about that when we get there. <laughs> I want trash incinerators. <laughs> Damn it. Hmm. He immediately shows some problematic behaviors, right? He's like, oh, I'm not going to do that. And the class rep asked, well, why not? (laughs) Oh, because the girl on duty will do it. Because there's always a girl paired with the boy on duty. But she's also absent. He's like, well, then I guess I have to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, duh. It's fair. Everyone has to do it. Well, he does snuff to attention really quickly after after his mention that it's Ray who needs the... uh... Study guys. Oh, someone says Masato. Maybe Shinji says like Masato wouldn't like hearing that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he's like Koji oh. and Kensuke have crushes on Masato. Oh right, when when he's in the apartment, yeah, the apartment says that. And the reaction is interesting. It's like, all right, well, I, I guess that's too bad. <laughs> I'm a misogynist. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, it seems to be working for him. Go ahead. <laughs> So, so I guess, so we have that kid plot and then we have our, uh, our B plot um, with kind of the nerve headquarters and uh, we're kind of cutting back and forth between those two. Uh, so we also find out that there's been some sort of disaster. So nerve branch two has been completely wiped out 
And then we see this satellite feed. I wish they had made it clearer what happened. Like, yeah. So, so there's this countdown, almost like it's like a rocket launch or something. But maybe it's you know it's testing this Eva um, O4. You know, so we still are on O2. O3 is getting shipped, and I guess this is the very newest, and it has some sort of S2 yeah. generator or something like that. They are the angel cores. That's an S2. Uh, so- uh, supposedly yeah. a limitless supply of energy because it's like a self-contained reactor. Mm. And, and so we get this countdown that I'm not sure is like they count down to them testing something or if it's kind of like they count down for the people watching the video that like this shit is about to happen. Yeah. Sorry, I wasn't clear that I was joking. Uh, I was <laughs> reacting to the screen of just vanish, 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 vanish. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Okay, I guess I guess it vanished. Is that? Oh my god, that was awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, if you're watching think... it in Japanese, you're just like, ah, <laughs> like, oh weird god. symbols. <laughs> yeah. well, okay, but on the shot with a countdown, uh, I thought they did a really good job of communicating. Like, we don't know what happened. They had this new thing, and maybe they turned it on and it exploded. But uh. yeah, if it's an engine test, it could just be both. It's like it's a countdown to the the start of the test, and that's when things go wrong. Yeah, and... or maybe something completely unrelated yeah trying to use this i guess pieces of angels it sounds like yeah but that's not risky taking the heart of your enemy incorporating <laughs> into your own using it as a limitless power source it's sort of like eating it but sounds awesome sure why not eating the heart of your enemy to gain their courage this is this is a time-honored human tradition it's true. i mean yeah. didn't that literally happen in the first episode hmm? oh yeah i vaguely remember uh you know oh Two is Shinji's? Like no, freaking oh, out. One is Shinji. Oh, one. Oh, in, yeah. it, in, it, it, it just like goes, it just totally goes berserk, berserk on the uh, on the angel in that episode, I think. It does. It does not eat. I think it, never mind. We're going to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard because you remember little bits. You're like, this is so awesome. I want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I try my best not to, but, you know. You're doing great. Uh, it's all a dream and Shinji's the bad guy. <laughs> As I recall, that is also still a valid interpretation after we watch the whole thing. Of course, it is. <laughs> anyway, yeah, let's, let, let, let's move on. <laughs> so, so we also get here a conversation between Ritsuko and Gendo. We alluded to it a little bit before, but so they're talking about the dummy plug system and you know basically saying it'll mimic the you know the neural signals of the pilot and that might be good enough to fool the Ava they're not sure but that it can't mimic the human soul and then maybe because you know the dummy system isn't good enough yet they talk about kind of needing this new pilot oh yeah showing that Nerve and Gendo in particular, he doesn't use children because he's cruel. He doesn't use children, or he doesn't want to not use children because he's compassionate. He just uses children because that's the option. That's what works. Right. Yeah. And he he finds other people to be quite volatile and unreliable. So if he could find a system that let just nerve technicians take control of the Avas, you'd much rather have that. Uh, but you can't. You have to entrust the future to the children. <laughs> well, and this is all, that's also interesting. Uh, like, contrast that against, at the beginning, the Board of Inquiry, talking about Shinji and trying to protect him from that because he is a child. 
and just went through this horrible, horrible experience. With a dummy plug, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Oh, that's true. It could save someone from psychological trauma. Right. Uh, and then we get, I think, so uh, Ritsuko and Gendo are talking about the dummy plug, and then it immediately, it stays on them, right? And we go to a scene of them talking in the, whatever weird chamber this is that has the brain like, room. Yeah, the brain room with the spinal pod. And that, the summoning circles, you know. Yeah. yeah. That Ray is spending more and more time in, I assume. And she just sits there and meditates in the in the goo, in the liquid oxygen until Gendo tells her to stop. That's her that's a normal day for Ray. <laughs> All right, I guess we'll have some food now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta love the uh the sly little shot of Ritsuko. Mm -hmm. She's not happy about this. Yeah. They are going to have a meal. This is uncomfortable. Yeah, the, the shadowed eyes. Hmm, interesting. With, without the context of previous episodes, I interpreted that, that more as like a judgment of his use of children, maybe? Particularly this child and yeah. his relationship with this child. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know these characters very well, so... Mm. I don't think, yeah, we don't have much context at this point. I think that's more okay. like a foreshadowing shot. You're supposed sure. to be like, what's that about? Hmm. Yeah, it's, I feel like we're at the tip of the roller coaster. And this is the last episode <laughs> before everything goes, all right, well, let's reveal some stuff. And consequently, where a lot of people go, it kind of lost me. Like, I don't really, and I'm hoping that we're older and wiser this time. And it will not. <laughs> so I guess we're... This so this twenty three episodes, twenty four episodes, twenty six, twenty six. Okay, so we're at about two thirds. Okay, so long story short, Asuka's mad at Shinji for for getting her lunch. Toji says something about them being lovebirds, and they're a little bit embarrassed, uh, but they do speak in unison, which. <laughs> Not a good sign for them not being lovebirds, but also maybe a holdover from the synchronization episode where they had to learn to do everything the same way. And then we go to Ritsuko and she's talking to Misato and she tells Misato who the fourth children will be. And Misato is very upset, very alarmed by this. And it, it brings into question like why, or why the pilots are chosen the way they are. Why have three of these pilots, everyone except Asuka, why have they all been chosen from the same geographic location, all from the same classroom? Like, what is going on with that? Because uh, the new pilot is going to be Toji Suzuhara. Very close to home, very strange. Uh, he doesn't seem to have any special aptitudes. I mean, I guess he's kind of overly self-confident for someone of his age, like, because he's got burgeoning masculinity. He's taller than the other boys in the class. He's kind of, I don't know, he feels like a caretaker already because he goes to see his sister. But it just, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't have guessed that he would be, except for the visual symbolism that it gives us that we can pick up on now, I wouldn't have guessed that he would be the next pilot. It doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe this comes up later, but Commander Gendo Ikari's second-in-command, uh, what's his name? Kozo. Kozo. Um, or one of the two mentions that they keep the children together for their own safety, but that doesn't mean necessarily that they started there. Maybe they were pulled in from like a different hmm. part of Japan. So maybe they're, they're sort of got this pre-selected group yeah. that they're drawing from for the pilots. That can make sense. 
Yeah, that that's kind of how I interpreted the um, conversation between Kaji and Misato that we'll get to later on. And then Toji is a total dick to the class rep again. Good stuff. Yeah, just he doesn't want to do his duty. He All he has to do is go deliver uh, forms to Kensuke and Rei. And he wants to pass it off on to Rei, who is not there, which doesn't make any sense. But he enlists Shinji to go over to Rei's apartment again, which I guess Shinji knows the way. That's cool. I feel like having a girl along would be a smarter choice because you're going to go see uh, uh, a girl who lives alone in her apartment. But mm-hmm. whatever, let's just let two dudes go over there. Seems fine to me. <laughs> so she can pick who he wants to go to raise apartment with. It's not problematic. Well, would you pick the person who, I guess he doesn't know this, but you wouldn't pick the person who already has a history of going into raise apartment apartment without her permission right <laughs> probably not no because they do it again right, right. <laughs> it's just like well this is how you get into ray's apartment yeah, this it's is like, normal what is happening this time she's not even home like before she was home she couldn't hear the door and shinji made a terrible executive decision this time like did she just leave her apartment unlocked does it not matter i guess it is barren other than Gendo's glasses, right. it doesn't matter if someone steals stuff from it. Would you guys, and under what conditions would you enter a locked apartment? An unlocked apartment. Because I wouldn't enter a locked apartment. I don't think. I, I guess if I had a key. Uh, like, in this situation, I'd probably, like, with that mail slot, I mean, if these are important papers, yeah, open the door, like, stick it on the first clear service I see, and then leave. Would you clean up some of the trash that was there? No. <laughs> No, like, yeah, it needs to be cleaned up, but that that's sort of, yeah. I don't know. Like, I guess he and Ray do have a relationship already, so it sort of depends. Not one of trust, though. <laughs> yeah, right. But there is a boundary there, for sure, in picking up somebody else's trash. Mm. No, plus you don't know what's important. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's true. You might end up, oh my gosh, just flashbacks of my parents throwing things out and being like, that, I needed that. <laughs> like It was crumpled up. You're like, yeah, well, it was in my pocket. <laughs> Did you happen to be a teenager at the time? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> this is <laughs> like one week ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, we skipped over, but uh, Hikari, the class rep, offers to cook Toji food. And he... Accepts like, in like the okay, least fine. Way like, <laughs> if it helps you out for me to eat your food, <laughs> what a jerk! Yeah, I mean, she comes yeah. on a little strong. She's uh, yeah, she, she's a young Kaji in the making, you know. Mm, yeah, she, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> she she's totally crushing on him. He he just he's not, not receptive at all. He is tall and good at basketball. What's not to like? Yeah. I want, at least once in my life, to live in a room like uh, Shinji's, or Ray's room. I want to simplify my life to bed, refrigerator, dresser. That's (laughs) my new goal. (laughs) Maybe some pills, you know. (laughs) And Ray says, thank you. Man's first words. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, I feel like that's a, that's a either foreshadowing or a call it to something that 
we don't know about Bib yet. <laughs> biblical reference? What's the first thing Adam says? Maybe, I don't know. What is she talking about? How do we know? She is very poetic, though. In another episode, yeah. she says, man grapes at the darkness with fire. I'm like, that is amazing. Mm. I don't know. There's, there's potentially some things there. there Maybe something around just the idea of like what communication is for between people. And we have mm. to work together to survive and the idea of gratitude being sort of core and fundamental. Mm. Uh, there's actually a little four panel webcomic that uh, is really cute. It's called Foxes in Love. It's posted on Twitter. But one of them is trying to like promote the idea that it's not bad to ask for help. And it's one of the first things we do as children. Like, as mm. babies, we, we cry because we need help. Mm. And so like once mm. babies are actually able to use language and communicate, showing gratitude is also you know, a nice thing to do for people. Yeah, and definitely one of the earlier things yeah. you typically teach your children. Oh, right. And Ray's had such a non-standard childhood. Yeah, yeah. Has... That's definitely the other side of it, conveying the idea that she's never spoken those words to somebody because the people she's had relationships with, I guess, haven't earned them, which is really sad. Well, yeah, that is very sad. We should, uh, <laughs> should talk about this in the, the spoiler section, too, I think. I think there's maybe some stuff going on there, too. Okay, well, do we want to talk right now and get all the spoilers out of the way? What all right, let's, yeah. you know, I, let's barrel through. So, where were we? Kaji? No, before that. Oh, okay. So, Genta on the train? Yes. What is everyone's preferred method of transportation? So, Kozo ha and Gendo have taken three I, romantic tricks. I just so have far. to point out your wording in the notes uh -huh. uh, is favorite transformation, transportation method for a romantic trip. Like this one. <laughs> Gendo and Kozo have been on three romantic trips. Totally. We've had so. a lot of different transportation. We've had like uh, gondolas. We've had airplanes. Avas, mm. um, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Our primary purpose. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, trains so. are great. I like trains. Trains? <laughs> yeah. <gasps> You're a train guy? I'm a train Dude, Trains guy. are awesome. Trains are really you guys trains. <laughs> like you get you get a nice view. They're usually nice and roomy. Kenneth, what would you prefer for a romantic trip or just correct romantic <laughs> trip for two? I don't know. Train sounds pretty fine. I know palanquin. Yeah. What palanquin? Palanquin. Yeah. There you go. Okay. I don't even know it's what not... that is. Oh, is that uh, where they it's, carry it's like you? Like kings the... and emperors would ride in. Yeah, and nothing says romance like other people. Serving your every need. According I've to never, the bourgeoisie, that's true. Yeah. I've never gotten that. The like, you know, the person playing the violin by your like table or whatever. <laughs> right? You know, it's like, just it just seems like that would be such a mood killer. <laughs> Can you hear me over the violin guy who's standing <laughs> half a foot from my face and <laughs> listening to our whole conversation? Yeah. Did you tell him to do this? This is really <laughs> awkward. Did you pay money for this? This is a terrible gesture. <laughs> So, so anyway, Ko Kozo and Gendo kind of have this philosophical conversation about cities and, and kind of these things that humans have built to fulfill their needs and create safety for themselves. And, it, you know, it sounds like Gendo almost feels like, you know, this was a mistake that we made or something like that, or that we're cowards for doing this. 
but Kozo kind of argues that there's nothing wrong with that, <laughs> that it's kept us safe. Which was interesting because it sort of accepts the premise that seeking safety is cowardice. Like my yeah. first reaction to, to what Gendo said was like, fuck are you talking about? Like, these are human beings in a world that, you know, there's these unknowable beings literally trying to kill them. It's not cowardice to seek safety from that. And then they go on and just like seem to fully accept the premise that, yeah, it's cowardice, but maybe that's okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kozo definitely seems more, more like the pragmatist here. While Kendo seems to have his own agenda mm. and Kozo sort of the moderating uh, force. <clears throat> and again, with the eyes, this, this was the scene that, that that question popped into my head because there's, there's some really clear shots with the glasses just reflecting. What are you, what are you hiding? <laughs> I think there is, I mean, I feel like this is sort of like a, a question of like modernity, right? Like that we we have created these cities and these like systems. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like kind of like, have we done this just because we were like afraid and, you know, it kind of fulfills our base instincts, but is it actually like denying us things that we actually need or, or like want as humans kind of at some other level? I think the last part of that is a much more interesting question of whether or not, uh, than whether or not it's cowardice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> like that, that is interesting. We built these systems that we now live within and like in a very real sense, we live in this capitalist world economy. And even though that's this abstract concept that we invented, it is our reality. And the question of yeah. what do we lose by living in that is a really interesting one. Right. And what can we regain like from positive activity. I didn't think about this. Kaji, what later when he's talking to Shinji, Shinji's like flabbergasted. He's like, you grow melons? And he's like, yeah. Like making things and growing things, it gives you a feeling as a human being that yeah. nothing else does. That's a good connection. Wow. Well, and then, then there's the question of how do you even recognize that you're losing things, much less what those are? Uh, and I'm sure that's, that's something that this show explores a bit more. Especially in the the relationship between the Avas and the Angels. Like, we don't, we're using these things because they give us these advantages, but what what's the cost? We don't even know how to begin answering that question. And a thousand people just disappeared from Nevada. Yeah. Yeah. That does not look like Nevada. But at the same time, if I realize that this is post-second impact, so maybe just the topography is totally different. Yeah. New Nevada. <laughs> yeah. So after the, the train scene, we uh, jump to Kaji. Um, he's uh, flirting very aggressively with the uh, female technician. He's trying to extricate herself from, from the conversation. And then uh, Misato shows up and she, uh, I love that animation of her doing like the sideways stepping off the screen. She's like, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. And she did everything right in that situation. When he immediately initially said something provocative, she was like, yeah, this should not be happening right no. now. Yeah. Oh, she's advocating for herself. Oh, what he's creep. not listening. Good. Great. Uh, and someone mentioned that there's a shot of his butt while he's saying butt. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, it's small silver lining of this scene. It's actually an interesting contrast as 
the female technician is shuffling off screen. We also get a sort of gratuitous ass shot of Misato. Mm, yeah, a little bit. Equal opportunity exploitation, I guess. That's <laughs> all we can ask. I guess. <laughs> Great. Woo. How, how exciting. Such <laughs> so progress. That's capital. That's the yield of capitalism, baby. I didn't think about that it could be symbolic. He's loose and being an asshole and practically assaulting this uh, technician, and the cans are everywhere, right? And then when Misato comes, he cleans himself up. He cleans up the cans. He puts himself. Does he clean at... them up or does she clean them up? I think he does. I think we see his like janitor's uniform. Oh, okay. That's the butt shot, baby. That's oh, what yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is butt. the butt shot. You're right. <laughs> so, so that's where they have the conversation. You know, Misato expresses surprise that they found this new pilot so quick. Um, Kaji, in a previous episode, he had been investigating the Marduk Institute, which supposedly is what is finding these pilots. Um, but he went to like all of their addresses and found that it was these like sham companies. Um, and, okay. you know, he knows that <clears throat> Nerve is the one who's actually selecting them. Um, so based on that and that Kozo conversation, I think basically like this school is the pool of people to be selected. Doesn't really explain Asuka because she came from Germany, but we know like her parents were like working for Nerve there or something like that. So maybe mm-hmm. the idea is that there would be these other institutes in these these different countries, right? You know, these are kind of schools specifically for pilots, but they're keeping the pilots in the dark about that. So at this point, you know, you might be like, huh, three from the school, weird, or like, and four kind of Asuka, like, <laughs> seems like a big yeah. coincidence. Then, uh, uh, so we finished that scene with Kaji asking Shinji to share tea with him. And Shinji asks, but I'm not a girl, or but I'm a guy. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't yeah. tell if it's yeah. supposed to be a burn. I was also trying to figure out, right. I'm like, is tea like a feminine thing? Like, I'm not into tea, I'm a dude or something. Yeah, yeah. In, in contrast with uh, Toji, Shinji is very uh, subdued and mm. not as assertive and things like that. And so maybe, maybe he thinks that's like removing a barrier for Kaji hitting on him. Mm-hmm. But his his delivery is also very flat, so. It's not like he's doing it with tongue-in-cheek, with like a smirk. But it brings us to this beautiful, still, but beautiful scene of them sitting on a park bench in the sunset, mm-hmm. uh, this like beautiful golden light. And they're, they're in the geo front, right? So they're in the underground, but it has these giant like windows or maybe an artificial sun so that it uh, looks like sunset and they get to just watch these trains come out of the sky and I just want to do that. I yeah. just want to sit. It's a cool shot. But he says that <laughs> you're not the respectable person. I thought you were. <laughs> that was a great line, <laughs> which like maybe that supports the idea that, that the tea thing was a dig because he delivers this pretty flat. <laughs> You know, we all hate Kaji, but he, he, we get to see his one, this is his <coughs> redeeming scene from this, this episode, right? He talks about growing these melons and we bring it back to, it's just like Ray saying, thank you is man's first words. Well, he's saying that 
you want to talk about human nature, this is human nature. Human nature is helping each other. Human nature is making sure that the people around you are okay, which I don't know. I can't think of a more powerful message to convey to the world. Yeah, can't, can't argue with that sentiment. Yeah. Uh, I know we don't, I'm not sure how much we know about Kaji yet. Maybe I'll save this for the spoiler section, but yeah, he, he has this very, uh, two-faced is not the right word. Uh, he, he has, <laughs> Triple agent, he has three faces. Yeah. One more face and he'll become a Quintesson. No, that's five faces. That's five. <laughs> well done, well done. Yeah, but uh, Shinji says he's not the respectable man he thought Kaji was. Yeah, so look, so he's presenting himself differently to his various different audiences. If it's Maya, the technician, I finally found out her name. <laughs> uh, and then Misato, it's sort of a, a more equal uh, status interaction. And then Shinji, he's more of a like, kind uncle, big brother figure. Mm. Uh, certainly in contrast to Gendo, he's a lot warmer. <laughs> Yeah, is it possible? Hair. Is it possible that this is like real Kaji and that like seducer Kaji? That's like just part of his job as a as a spy. Mm, yeah. so oh, okay. So, all these people. So we don't. Uh, so we do know he's a spy. I've been reading a lot of, uh, well, listening to a lot of uh, John Le Carre novels, basically spy fiction. Mm. But he himself was a spy in World War II, mm. British SOE. Mm, cool. Yeah, it's basically the the sense I mean is that it's. A performance because you uh, you have to basically be another person and that person needs to be different based on like who you're talking to sure and I would um, imagine ideally that person is easily put into a box by the people that person is around yeah being a workplace sexual harasser is like okay <laughs> he's that asshole yeah oh. and then also maintaining this dual persona is incredibly stressful i don't know mm. if they show him having any alcoholism or like any other serious vices and like the covert nature of your work means it's very hard to form personal connections because at least in the u.s what we do as hobbies what we do as work is a huge part of our identity yeah mm. uh, and so not being able to talk about that either you tell them about your cover story which means you're telling people things and they may see holes in it, or you tell them the truth, you get fired. What's the point? Or, yeah, <laughs> or and, and like, right, you get a bullet in the back of your head. But yeah, you're right, because unless you have some sort of a mental break and you believe that your cover story is real, every time you talk about your cover story, it's not relaxing. It can't be a letdown, right? Uh, that stress will continue to increase every time you do it because you have to be performing. Yeah. Hmm. And then while Kaju is doing this, this double agent thing, like he, it seems like he cares about some of these people at least. And so it's like, how do I maintain this life? Well, doing not, my job. Yeah, doing my job and not hurting the people I think are not bad. Is that information we, we have at this point? I don't know. He's a spy? Ben talked about you spy, okay. so. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Because with, without that information, uh, it, it sort of, we were talking earlier about the idea of people not being monoliths. Without that information or independent of the fact that he's a spy, um, mm. maybe a parallel thread in that idea because they just showed us you know him being a total creeper asshole and now he's caring for plants and talking about how vulnerability is okay yeah so i think <sighs> misato knows she hasn't told ritsuko or gendo i'm not sure if they know too gendo knows some level 
So anyway, so he's kind of like a spy, but now Misato knows his secret and she's keeping that secret from Gendo and Ritsuko, who then are also keeping secrets from her about kind of what their whole thing is. And Gendo is keeping something secret from Ritsuko too. So anyway, it's just like a, hmm. a web of lies and deceit. That's interesting. <laughs> but I think just the adults. I don't think the kids... Maybe like Asuka has some secrets she hasn't told, but I don't, and I guess Ray has some secrets, but anyway, Shinji, Shinji doesn't have secrets from anyone, I don't think. Does he? I guess his feelings. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting with the cans too, because it's not like he's totally slovenly until Misato shows up and then he puts them all in order. No, 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 to some degree he does like care about... Or what she thinks, him. either yeah. like as a hierarchical uh, or just mm. as on, on a personal level. Yeah, because they used to uh, date. That's a good point. Uh, mm. okay. uh, they, they started hooking up again. So that's some more context. Uh, okay, yeah. Cool, cool. Nerve wants to do a sync rate test uh, because Ritsuko has some theory about Shinji's abilities after his traumatic experience with Laleo uh, or Lelio. And she's right. It's just a quick scene, but uh, visually it's cool because they they confirm that Shinji's sync rates are falling and Asuka and Rei's sync rates are uh, level. And you get to see not only is Shinji's face like, not in a grimace, but like they seem to be at peace while they're meditating on the sync rate while Shinji it's looks like, not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like his eyebrows are furrowed. Yeah. Um, but he's also lower in the frame than the two mm-hmm. of them, which is cool. So they they can not only tell you that his sync rate is lower, but show you without having to show you any arbitrary numbers. Yeah, I, I recall a, a similar sync rate test in another episode where they actually do show you like percentages. Mm. And I their absence seemed conspicuous in this one. Yeah, and they only give you the shot twice. Like it's, it's pretty quick. Um, if you weren't uh, able to stop it, you wouldn't get any of the information off of that. Especially as a kid, you just be like, when do they get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> so Toji, we get a quick shot of Toji getting recruited. We don't even see it. We just hear the uh, uh, the dialogue from outside of the room, right? Uh, so Kensuke comes back. So Shinji has an opportunity to talk to Kensuke, and they get to have lunch together. Yeah, that's kind of all. Did anybody have any other thoughts about... Kensuke or Ray? Well, I was just going to say it is interesting that we like we set up this thing about like Kensuke really wanting to pilot the Ava and then like we as the watchers with, you know, we know it's going to be like Toji. It's just kind of like interesting that they just like set him up to be sad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, especially this late in the episode. They've already made it so clear that it's not going to be him. And it's it's interesting, like, too, then, and he's kind of like the nerd stand-in character for the Watcher, too. And it's just like, like, <laughs> like I guess ah, it's true. You as the Watcher, you will not get to pilot these not things. not going to get to pilot no, you want to. Sorry. Um, and we'll, we'll try to kind of show you that you don't really want to. Yeah. I also thought it was kind of interesting that in the scene where... Uh, Shinji is cleaning up Ray's apartment, which to me still doesn't like really make sense. Uh-huh. But then that uh, Suzuhara is like, you've really developed as a character. You used to be different <laughs> and now you've really changed. Like it's like, it's like very, it almost feels like this like shoot in, like 
we need to show character development, so we're just going to say that character development happened, and like, trust <laughs> us. <laughs> like, one of you already mentioned that uh, Toji beat him up in one of the epi- earlier episodes, uh, beat up Shinji, and so their relationship is very... Uh, Different. It, yeah, hmm. but now that they're seeing each other outside of a immediately school context, and so it's like they're seeing they're seeing each other with without the like classroom frame to to dictate oh, their sure, actions. Oh, sure, yeah, totally different context than usual. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And I, man, I lose a lot of these things because Japanese culture has so many of those not hard set, but harder set frames, right? Like yeah. there are specific things you say when someone comes home, not just hello. Like they even, there's, you know, you have specific greetings for a telephone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess that would equate to uh, uh, those environments too, yeah. right? Like you act like this way in the classroom. You do not act like this way out of the classroom. <clears throat> You're different there. Well, yeah. I think that's more generally true too. Like you have a relationship with somebody in a context and, mm. you know, a coworker say you go out with them for a beer for the first time and it's totally different than sitting next to them at work. Huh. And in that way, Ray's apartment becomes a catalyst twice. Like first it was a catalyst of uh, Shinji and Ray uh, because they, like you said, that's, they'd never experienced each other outside of work or the classroom before. And now it's a catalyst for Shinji and Toji. Hmm. So if you want to get closer to somebody, do it by invading somebody else's personal space. One of the early episodes is called uh, Hedgehog's Dilemma, mm-hmm. uh, where they say, uh, like, it's harder for said hedgehog person to form relationships because they're afraid sure. of hurting other people. Yeah. And Toji has this line, I didn't pick you for a guy who would go out of his way to help others. And Shinji is sort of the focus of that Hedgehog's Dilemma episode. And so even Toji's perception of him is As a hedgehog. sort of like segmented in that way because Shinji would like to help people, but he's afraid of hurting them. Mm-hmm. But then here, where it's just cleaning up garbage, right? The risk is low. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it, but it's interesting because Suzuhara is like, don't you think that she'll get like mad at you for you like touching her stuff or whatever? Like it's kind of like explicitly that hedgehog's dilemma. Like, is this actually a nice gesture, yeah. or is this like an invasion of right. someone's space or something? And like we were talking about earlier, that's not a line any of us would cross going into somebody else's apartment and cleaning their trash up. Mm. But you know, once you've been in a direct sea, it really changes you and it's left <laughs> into perspective. <laughs> so you've spoken with angels and seen your shadow self. It changes everything. Uh, yeah. yeah clean probably. up a lot more trash in other people's apartments. <laughs> Coming out of this whole experience, I've realized. <laughs> I was born to be a trash man. My father was a trash man. Gendo really is a trash man. So like, That's true. Yeah. Not like a garbage man. No, he's, he's a terrible. trash person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got it. Why do I explain things? People understand it just fine. So Shinji talks to Kensuke, and then we get uh, Asuka talking to Kaji, trying to get his attention again. He never has time for her. Uh, he says, I don't have time now. And of course, he never has time for her. He's like, Spent time with her once throughout the entire series. But Asuka is impetuous and brash and she will have none of it. Like he, he says, I don't have time. She's like, well, I'm going to hug you then. <laughs> like, okay. That is one way to up the stakes here is to make physical contact when someone says they're focused on something else. But it's not that um, Kensuke didn't want 
for her to hug him necessarily. It's that he's working on something on his computer. And I guess they're old computers. You can't close windows as fast as you can now. <laughs> no, he, he hadn't saved it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he would have lost all that work. It's just the worst. But she sees she sees who the next uh, pilot is, and she can't believe it either. She's like, it can't be him. I don't like that guy. <laughs> He's in my class. <laughs> He's friends with Shinji. I don't... None of this is what I want. Uh, yeah, uh, Kaji's face when... Yeah. At the conclusion of the scene, like, He's just like, oh okay. my god. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what I wanted to avoid. Maybe you shouldn't have your computer facing back from the door, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. We learned that lesson in Dune. You never sit with your back to the door. Oh, have you seen the new trailer? No. <laughs> there's there's a trailer for the new one. It looks pretty sweet. I'm a little worried about the the knife fights because in the trailer, if they do it like typical Hollywood action nonsense, like that totally defeats the fucking point. But we'll see. People are going to come to the end and be like, Paul's a cool dude. And you're like, no, Paul's a cautionary tale, you idiots. <laughs> like, this is what happens if you seek power or thrust into it. Yeah. But anyway. Uh it's by the Blade Runner dude. So yeah. That's a good sign. I I like a lot of his work. Um, I'm actually pretty excited about it between him and the cast. But we'll see. It's easy I'll to mess up. Out. Maybe I can check out something that he's done, if he's done any original works. Because I just don't believe in remakes or adaptations anymore. Well, that's not true. I don't necessarily not believe in adaptations, but I do not believe in remakes. I think they are revisionist history <laughs> and... It's awful. Yeah, I mean, it's... Even, even if no one's gotten it right yet? Yeah, the, well, obviously, if it's worth making, that means that somebody got it right in some format, and that format mm. can be okay. Like, a book is okay. People can just read a book, goddammit. Like, like it, it's a common refrain that we only have seven plots and we keep rehashing them. Um, but the reason we do that is because people have the tendency to die and not pass on their knowledge. And so by remaking these things, we're remaking them with the context of our current zeitgeist, our current understandings, and that will influence the work. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said for like a different director, a different person looking at this work and delivering their perspective on it. You've shaken my thought about remakes, Kenneth. So Yay. Good job there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we uh, uh, so we're almost at the end. We should wrap this up. Um, actually, we actually skipped a bunch of scenes. <laughs> I noticed. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Yeah, we'll get no. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, the incinerator. What's up with the incinerator? Yeah. Japan burns garbage. In the post-apocalyptic future. Uh, in the in yeah. the present. <laughs> you you separate yeah. your garbage like, into flammable and inflammable, and then they have power plants where you burn the flammable. I don't know about like why there's just an incinerator. All right. That's like eating the school. Uh, if all this stuff takes place in the geofront, and this is not just on the surface, then they may not have room to store the trash, and transporting that up to the surface where there are actual industrial incinerators might just not be practical. Mm -hmm. You know uh, that, on that the, sunset on that you love so much? Yeah. Burning garbage. Yeah, <laughs> You know, there's trains coming down from the happens. sky, burning garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it's the key to our whole society. <laughs> That's the big reveal in the next episode.
You like you like that. You know drink what the you second impact was? Burning carbon. <laughs> you know what happened to Unit of Four? We burned it. Burning carbon. <laughs> we needed to heat Nevada. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, they looked pretty lush and green from that satellite photo. So I bet California's gone in this future, right? Like it probably sank into the ocean. That, Sure. It, it seems that's like feasible. There was a lot less and, North America than there is now. Yeah. Yeah. And so Nevada is now waterfront. And so it can oh, yeah. all the irrigation it never could before. Now it's not just an affront to nature. I, I was going to say the, uh, well, for the incinerator with Toji staring into the flames, mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't seem too happy about the news about the fact that he's becoming a pilot. Uh, so he's sort of like watching his hope and dreams go up in flames. Yeah. Definitely doing some processing. Yeah, like I think he's supposed to be our, not our lens, not our everyman, but he's, compared to the other ones, he's a fairly normal student. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're like, this is how a normal person would react to this news. They would be like, oh, oh no, I don't want to do that. (laughs) That that looks terrifying and awful. So here's here's Kensuke, which is you being all excited about the idea of piloting an Ava. Here's Toji, which is you getting to do that. This is how you should feel about it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what it's actually like, guys. Yeah. Kinsuke is insulated from the reality. He thinks a lot about the, the technology, yeah. a lot about the like the infrastructure and things like that, but like the, the personal toll. Which like even now, like right after this, they have the shot of unit three attached to the plane. And even now seeing that shot, I'm like, yeah, what does this one do? <laughs> I, I want to see it fucking punch some bad guys. I think I wonder if part of it too, so like Toji does have this sister. So he is like maybe the only, one of the only ones of these kids that has some kind of like responsibility. Well, and she's like a very clear example of what these things can do. Hmm. All right. That's why she's in the hospital. That's why she's dying. Yeah. Stakes of what these things can do, the like weight of the responsibility of piloting it. But then also like there's consequences right. to her if he dies or something. So where Kensuke just sees the cool robot, he sees this person he loves in the hospital. Mm. Yeah, that's a contrast. Yeah. And that's like a, an overall comment on the mecha genre, right? Is oh, to sure. show like, yeah. look, you kids like these things. They're big and flashy and it's cool looking, but... Look at all this pain and suffering. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of pain... <laughs> <laughs> hey! <laughs> you start all your conversations with <laughs> Well, you know, I like to get the heavy stuff out of the way first. Uh, when they're in the melon garden, what's his face? Kaji? Kaji was talking about pain. Um, it was a really good line. People who know what pain is are kinder to others because of it. Yeah, that's true. And just ties into that and maybe what Toji is grappling with. I don't want him to have to be this pilot. But Unit 02 is arriving by their giant planes that can uh, uh, transport an Ava. But for some reason, this one is arriving by cross. Like it's it's yeah. crucified on a thing. Yeah. And that's and they haven't done that before. They haven't transported one on a cross. And maybe that's a subtle hint to mm. like, this, things are not going to go well. This is already like a sacrifice. Right. Maybe ties into his feelings about it. Or maybe it's just a, com- uh, a comment on the increasing Christianization of America. Uh, because this one arrives from an American base, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do find it interesting that they located the second nerve site in Nevada, which mm-hmm. was historically used as a nuclear testing ground uh, due to the lack yeah. of things. Uh, and then when this facility goes up in 
something. Uh, yeah, it's like, okay, there's just another crater there. <laughs> oh, well. We've done this it goes before. up in a Super Nintendo 16-bit cutscene. Oh, yeah, they, they also said uh, like earlier, much earlier, Misato and Mizuko were descending the really, really long escalator. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them says, like, the Americans strong-armed their way into like building facility or at least the two Ava units. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this show came out in 94, 95. Mm-hmm. Uh, the U.S. was still very much riding high on its uh, post-Cold War, post-Gulf uh, War, like, sense of strength and invincibility. This mm-hmm. was all before uh, 9-11, 2001. Oh! Yeah, and so... So you're saying that this predicts 9-11? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> well, we I got... don't think that's what he's saying, but... <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, like, Maybe. Oh, you know, this so one it's without, an inside uh, job, it's just strange. you say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, and that level of, like, like sheer political dominance... It does of... reflect that sort of attitude. Yeah. We had at the time, we're like, yeah, of course we're going to build a couple of these sites and build some Avas. Yeah. America. <laughs> Uh-huh. And the fact that they can just just like do that, right? Like as opposed to a more even uh, like negotiating table, mm. it's like oh, this is this is what the world used to look like. Uh, it's brilliant. Uh, just like this show and a lot of Japanese, most a lot of sci-fi, uh, you know, anime and fantasy stuff, it has reverberations of the bomb. Mm. That story of keeps course. being told over and over and over. Both both the story itself and like this is living in the shadow of it, in the aftermath, knowing that your world could be gone in an instant. Uh, There's also uh, continued commentary on America's relationship with Japan, uh, of their overbearing nature, of their post-occupation, like, hey, we just killed a lot of your population. Now we're your best friends. That's cool, right? And how it is often negotiated at gunpoint. Yeah. So that was an excellent observation. Thank you, Kenna. Uh, We get that Asuka scene, and then we get Toji shooting a basketball, just spending a little bit more time as a normal kid. <clears throat> Nothing uh, but hoop. Well, his school work. wife prepares him food. Yeah. He's really getting everything. Basketball, Ava piloting, bento boxes. He's, oh, you're saying like Toji's about no, to achieve know. the dream. He's going <laughs> to have it all. Meanwhile, Shinji is like cooking for Asuka and violating the the natural order. So. <laughs> there, there was one scene before this where Hikari, the class rep, and Toji are talking to each other, like she's like she's talking about uh, helping to prepare lunches for him. Where they're like on like the extreme edges of the frame, Toji is in the only clear window, and like everything else is a reflection of the outside. Uh, and it's just a very like interestingly composed shot, and I wish I were smart enough to know what the intent was behind this. Right. Besides, like his own like emotional distancing after learning he's uh, been chosen to become a pilot, and how life changing that is. Hmm. Yeah, Interesting. and how alone he is with that decision. Yeah, uh, yeah, and well, and to that point, like the way it's composed, the windows are all reflecting like the sky and the clouds, except for the one that he's sitting behind. Mm. And so maybe, maybe it's like he's being taken out of this world yeah like the 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 clouds in the sunset are a nice warm palette and that he's in the shadowy single Mm. very square rectangle and maybe like her her offering to cook and a potential relationship there represents something that's no longer possible that he's now apart from yeah i assume he's gonna die right they're setting him up to die 
It feels like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cross and the yeah, yeah. Like this, this isn't definitely is not going to turn out well for him. Yeah, and I can't exactly remember what they say on the next time on, but we know that Unit Three arrives from America, and Toji will be the pilot. And uh, what I predicted in my notes was that no one will have a good time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it will be awful for everyone involved, uh, except us, the audience. <laughs> But it will probably be a very serious episode because they did not mention tuning in next time for more fan service. Interesting. Which usually means something terrible will happen next time. They did have a little bit of Fly Me in the Moon, the canned drink scene was like the instrumental version. I don't know if you picked that up, Alex, the one that Mm -hmm. we've used in the podcast a lot. I did not. (laughs) Plays in the background there. So I guess they got the rights to the instrumental, but... Yeah, that's all I got. Oh, we also got some more cicadas in this episode. I'm very excited to try to put a sound cue in with cicadas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a very summer sound. This movie. Yeah. Let's wrap this up and sign off. Uh, and thank you guys for being on. Is there anything you want to plug? What what coffee machines should people buy? Uh, so the ones I work on are like $20,000. <laughs> because <laughs> the idea is you buy one of these and start a coffee shop. If you were if you were starting a coffee shop, definitely Lamarzoko. Like if you're starting a coffee shop, you already know that. Love it, uh, Kenneth. Anything you want to plug? Any projects you're working on? Anything coming up? Um, not really. I don't really have an online presence. I don't do a podcast. I don't do a YouTube series. I don't do any of that yet. Yeah, there's always the possibility. Uh, that, I was about to say, I just want to plug, you know, being a decent human being. Uh, this episode's given us a lot of examples of behavior not to emulate. <laughs> yeah, don't be a douche. Pick better spies person as people. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- thanks so much. This is, yeah, this has been really fun. Yeah, thanks for having us. So we do a sign off here? Do we need to know the uh, sinking clap list? No, it's best if it doesn't sync up. <laughs> Especially on our end, we won't be able to separate our voices. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Pen. Pen. Pals. Pals. And then we just close the window and never, never speak again. And this is where, if you guys are okay, I want to talk about spoilers. Because Kent's case is, I wonder if they found the pilot for 03, because we know that 03 is coming. And he says, I wonder if Misato would let me pilot it. Which seems plausible because of what we're talking about with the classroom and like Mm -hmm. they're keeping these potential pilots there. But Kensuke cannot become the pilot of an Ava. Kensuke's mother is dead. And in order for an Ava to activate, you have to bond a soul to it. And the souls, at least thus far, have all been the mothers of the pilots. That seems to be the only Mm. way it works. Well, Ray's an exception, right? Sort of. So, so Ray's, so Unit 00 has the soul of the first Ray in it, right? They, don't they, there's a discussion along these lines in this episode. Oh, I think it might be the scene just before this, where they're talking about the pilots, and they talk about, uh, like, no, it can't be him. That doesn't, oh, no, 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 they're not talking about Kensuke. 
Never mind. But they do they do yeah, talk about no, Ray. Yeah. They do talk about Ray being an exception there. I think um, that's Misato being yeah. like, fuck, it's Toji. Yeah. I have to deal with this dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they never explicitly say it's Toji this whole episode, which is kind of interesting. That's true. They just like imply it very heavily over and over again. Yeah, like every yeah. scene. Yeah. I hadn't noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it him. could still, like, maybe you'd think, but they never actually told us, so maybe there will be a twist or something? Like, it leaves that possibility? I don't know. Mm. Okay, so if I'm right, and I'm pretty sure I am, not only does that mean Kensuke cannot be an Ava pilot, but that also means that uh, between, maybe during this episode, but between, let's say, last episode and the next episode, they kill Toji's mom in order to activate this Ava so that he can be the pilot. Because you have to do that. You have mm. to let a human die and put mm. their soul inside of this thing in order to make it work. Yeah, good, good. I, I did not remember this at all. Did not pick up on it. Did not read about it. So. Yeah, me neither. I mean, it, it, it makes sense given what I do remember. Yikes. Yeah, and I don't know if this is, like, this is stuff that has come from uh, fandom wikis, right? Doing most, most of the research, because sure. they are wonderful resources for this stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Is that is that what the fandom wikis say that uh, the they killed his mom? <laughs> not that I saw. I did not look that up. But it seems like the only logical explanation, right? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so let's see. It seems like it would be on theme for yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like to me, it seems like kind of going back to you know, like why would you pick Toji to pilot it? It seems more like you know, certain people are just compatible with certain Avas. Because their mother's souls are in those Avas. In two out of the three, right? And then in one of them, it's like the same soul. I don't know if we like completely know. I mean, it could also just be like, this person is not claustrophobic. So sticking them in a tube for like several hours. (laughs) (laughs) It's really just very practical. It's not claustrophobic and he can hold it for a really long time. Wonderful bladder, (laughs) that kid. Yeah, perfect pilot. Now let's kill his mom. <laughs> Maybe it's his dad. Who knows? Could be. Yeah. Either way, that sucks. It's possible. It's just that all of the other Avas have been mothers. I'm sorry. We're still saying that the cloning process is not enough to sure. be considered a mothering process. Unless Toji is a clone. He's losing somebody close to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whole new level but also we talk about or it, it constantly makes reference to uh womb imagery and uh smelling like blood feeling like you're in feeling like you're safe uh so yes maybe his father but i would i think that the process requires uh mothers to die and i think that works into an overarching theme of the series which is the exploitation, the continued exploitation of women. Uh, we see that the work, like 50% of the work gets done by women in Nerve, 50% of the work gets done by, 50% of, well, all of the work gets done by uh, women in the classroom, right? But there are no women on the SEAL Council. Gendo is not a woman. Like, even though the work is being done, the talent is there. Obviously, we've done away with these primitive notions of uh, inequality between the sexes, at least in like work application, um, still they are denied 
uh, seats of power, still they are denied true equality of respecting their autonomy and respecting their decisions. No, that seems to track from, from what I remember. So I think it has to be mothers. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, we, we know that Asuka has a very fiery personality. Um, and I noticed that she seems mm-hmm. to be the only one of the pilots who constantly wears those things on her head. Mm-hmm. Like even mm-hmm. on a day-to-day setting. And uh, I don't remember what her relationship with her mother was like, but... Uh, <laughs> Do you want to know? I, I don't know like how much we know at this point. But no, but yeah, like both like if she's trying to get out from her mother's shadow and trying to work against this existing institution which denies leadership positions to women, it's sort of a daily humble brag. They're like, hey, look at me, I'm a pilot. I, I, I can do things. Right. I, I'm, right. At least in this position of power, even if I'm denied all others. Oh, wow. Yeah, because her burgeoning sexuality, at least with the boys of her age, it tends to be performative, which which is like kind of uh, not even humble bragging, kind of bragging, right? Kind of like. Yeah, it's, it's a display of the power that you do have. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah, her mother was a scientist who worked for Nerve, and her Asuka cannot be good enough or talented enough to get back what she's lost, which is kind of the tragedy of her character. It's like a lot of, you know, superheroes, or actually a lot of, like, really driven people in the real world, they do seem to have these inciting childhood incidents mm. that involve something that they like uh, a wound they cannot heal or something they cannot set right, a mistake they can't take back, right? Like, oh my gosh, Asuka is so cool. I love our pilots. I love them so much, guys, these children. I just want to hug them and tell them everything will be okay. (laughs) Even though it's obviously not going to be. This is a good series. So, So I was trying to look up stuff about Toji and it seems like the information is sparse, but there's a unsupported claim on the Ava Geeks wiki um, that his mother is supposed to be deceased and that he lives with, he lived with his sister, his father and his grandfather. So it could be that, you know, it's kind of the same as the Shinji and Asuka stories that his mother was a scientist working in the Ava project and that she died at some point. So I think at mm. least his father we know is is one of the scientists. His grandfather and father worked in the labs. Hmm. I think they murder his mom. No, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's just a theory. <laughs> Could be a sister. Who knows? Oh yeah. That would be. No, that that doesn't really. That'd be the dark with the other stuff you were talking about. It'd be real messed up. Yeah, yeah. but I mean that would be really interesting. Like if they were like, uh, like. They have a scene of him showing back up, and it's like, we're sorry, she uh, <laughs> she died <Yeah>. unexpectedly. <laughs> she's she's a giant organic robot thing. <laughs> yeah, she's gone. Can you pilot this thing? <laughs> In unrelated news, you're a pilot. And then he's like, it smells like my sister. <laughs> oh, God. Back before we were talking a little bit about that, like Ray, the like very first words things, you know, I mean, so, so I guess the spoilery thing is that Gendo created her, right? So Gendo is kind of like the God figure to her being Adam or whatever. So she's saying like, I've never said thank you to him, right? Like I've never like thanked him for creating me oh i thought he in that sentence meant shinji but it oh like him 
Yeah, that would make sense. And I was trying to figure out if this is even like some situation like, would this be a new Ray or something like that? That this is like a new clone? So it's like literally her first words or something like that. I don't know if that lines up. Yeah, I'm not sure though. Not, no, no, I was just saying I didn't know how many, how many clones we've been through at this point. And also how their memory works. Is the Ray that we've been dealing with the whole time Ray 2? Or were we dealing mm-hmm. with Ray 1 and at some point it transitioned? No, Ray 1 was killed pre-series. She's choked to death by... Uh... Ritsuko's mom? Yes, Ritsuko's mom! And we did see that or we haven't seen that yet? We have not. Okay. Ritsuko's mom strangling a child to death after she like calls her old. It's great. <laughs> Best scene. <laughs> cool. I mean, I think there's more context to that, but yeah. <laughs> Have problems. Looking forward to that. Uh, just kidding. I, I like Ray. I don't want Ray one to be dead, but yeah. she is snarky. So, uh, but not on purpose. She kind of just, cause Ray sees the world in these simple black and white terms that don't like, she seems strange, right? Yeah. We, we've decided, I think it's canon on this show that she's autistic. Mm. Canon Shinji on too. our podcast. Yes. I, don't, I don't think Shinji anymore. I think it's just Ray. Yeah, know. Shinji is just really, really awkward. Yeah, I don't think he well, has the, the same. It, there's a lot that it could, could explain yeah. Ray being a little odd. Yes, he's raised very a clone odd. effectively raised in a <laughs> fucking lab. Like, cool. Yeah, she's good, uh, good start. Uh, good start. Ultimate Romanian orphanage is like <laughs> growing up in a, a tube full of a bunch of other bodies. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> your, your sister clones. Uh, man. Yeah, Ray's very strange. But yeah, Ray's, I think Ray's, or we think, yes, on this podcast, Ray's Spectrum. uh, And uh, no, that's it. That's all I had to say. Sorry. I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, plus her relationship with most people is very closed off. Uh, Mm. She, I, I guess at school, she just does her work and then goes back to work. And at work, she is basically a puppet. Mm-hmm. Which certainly is not I mean, any sort of normal. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, the, that's the life you know. Yeah. Normal oh, that's the other thing. I think difficult. she's. This is not canon, but I also think that Ray is albino, uh, or has <laughs> albinism. Well, okay. I, I think I think that was, I think that's like sort of. I, I think it's supposed to be the thrust because of her strange hair color, her eye color. Sure. Um, sort of uh, a uh, sort of an uh, allegory to lab rats. Allegory is not the right word. Uh, mm. No, that makes absolute sense. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. That angle. I just thought she was out by it. Well, I thought the albinism was uh, a result of the cloning process. Because I don't think y- Yui, Shinji's mom, is albino. I don't think she, she has red not. eyes or she white hair. She has normal normal anime appearances. Yeah. <laughs> so she doesn't look like any human ever, but she looks yeah. like every anime. Totally normal. 